Let me thank you for returning tonight. It's been a good day at Northside. And happy that you come back tonight to worship with us and to help honor our seniors a bit. I'm sure many of you came for the special displays and got to speak with our seniors. Uh, now I get to speak to the seniors. I, I need to check. I don't know how long this has been a tradition. We didn't used to do it, but... At some point, needful things kind of morphed into a graduation uh, sermon on Senior Sunday. I guess it struck me that it was a little odd to make all this to-do about seniors in the other room and have things afterwards about the seniors and during the sermon just talk about normal stuff. Uh, might as well use it to talk to the seniors. So at some point, we started doing that and... Uh, I've enjoyed doing it once a year. I uh, get a special audience. Uh, tonight's my smallest audience that I've ever had for this sermon, I think. Just five seniors this year. I uh, usually have more than that, but that just makes them a little bit more special, doesn't it? So I'll talk to those five, and if the rest of you want to listen in, fine. Uh, it's kind of early, Senior Sunday, May the... Third, so we hadn't had many graduations yet, and you haven't gone through the things that uh, you'll have to endure, but you will have to endure a few speeches and a few commencement addresses, and uh, I can tell you what most of them are going to sound like. Uh, they're going to have a few common themes. Somebody's going to talk about the choice that you're going to have before you and uh, the fork in the road and being on the mountaintop and having all the world before you and all you got to do is choose and everything's going to be wonderful and uh, you're going to make the right choices and you're going to be a success and all of that. That's good stuff. you gotta, you got to sit through it. Uh, I had to sit through it. I actually remember I had to sit through it. Uh, Forty-nine years ago, I had to sit through that. I, I know that's unbelievable. I know folks... Cannot conceive of that. I was very young for my class, but actually I did. Uh, next year is our 50th high school and reunion, so uh, I've, I've been there, done that. Uh, that was back in the old days when graduation still had some dignity and solemnity to it, and parents didn't bring air horns and. Things like that uh, before the fall of Western civilization. Uh, and I know that makes me sound a little ancient, uh, but that's the good part. And that's the reason I mentioned that is because it does make me a little ancient, but it also gives me almost five decades of experience on the road that you're going to walk on. Uh, the commencement speakers will tell you that. You're going to start a new chapter. You're going to pick your own road. You're going to do these things. That's right. Uh, well, I've got to do that. I've been doing it for, like I said, almost five decades. And I'll give you some honest answers about what I think you need to know. Uh, first, I'll tell you, most of your commencement speakers and uh baccalaureates and all of that, uh, they won't get it right. They, they just, for some reason, don't understand. They either make it too hard or they make it too easy. Uh, the 
things that they put into a commencement speech usually don't reflect reality very well. Uh, for instance, they'll talk about a fork in the road. Uh, yeah, you're going to have a fork in the road, but you're going to have a whole lot of forks in the road. It's not just one choice. It's not just like you graduate and then you choose, here's the path I'm going on and everything will be set. Uh, you're going to have fork after fork, choice after choice. There are going to be millions of them. Now, that makes it sound hard, but the easy part is there are going to be millions of choices, but it's basically the same choice over and over again. And that's what I want to talk to you seniors about tonight, is what that choice really boils down to. Uh, if you get the pattern figured out, and if you get understand how to look at the choice that you come up against, uh, it'll get easier. And I'm going to use the Bible to do that. In fact, I'm going to go to the wisest person in the Bible to let him give you some advice. Uh, in the Proverbs, Solomon wrote a lot of the Proverbs, and David wrote some of them, and a uh, number of them. But the wise man wrote this one, and uh, Proverbs 9, we'll get there in a moment. But the way he tells it about your life, his commencement speech would be like this. He would say, when you get out of high school, the, the choice is going to be, there's going to be two good-looking girls out there. And they both want your attention. Now, he tells it to his son, so he's telling it from a male perspective, but you girls can imagine it backwards. Uh, the wise man tells his son, there's going to be two good-looking girls there, and they're both calling you. They both want you to come to them. And what you've got to decide is which one to go to. Uh, all you have to do is choose between them. Now, it's in Proverbs 9. He even gives the names of these two girls. Uh, Proverbs 9, chapter 1. We'll read six verses there. He talks about the first one. He says, Wisdom has built her house. So the one good-looking girl is wisdom. She has hewn out its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She set her table. She sent out her maid, and she calls from the highest points of the city, Let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Those who don't know what to do, Wisdom's got the table set. She's got it all ready. She's got this magnificent house with seven pillars. And she says, you come here. You come to me. I'll help you. Okay? So that's the first one. Uh, the second one is down in verse 13 of Proverbs 9. And it says, the woman folly is the name of the other one. Wisdom and folly. And this one says, the woman folly is loud. She's undisciplined. She's without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point in the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way, let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Same call. If you don't know what to do, if you're trying to make up your mind, if you're at that fork in the road, wisdom says, come this direction, I'll help you. Folly says, come here, I'll help you. That's the way the wise man tells the story. Okay. 
Uh, wisdom and folly. That's your choice. Uh, that's kind of the gist of the sermon. Most every choice you come to is going to be between wisdom and folly. Wise and foolish. All you got to do is figure out which and you'll know which one to make. The wise man helps us with that a little bit. Uh, he, he's trying to tell us that there's two ways of life. Uh, two basic philosophies of life, two ways to look at things, two worldviews, and they both claim to be the right way. They both claim, I'll help you on this. Uh, and I think that distinctions getting clearer and clearer these days. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious most of the time uh, what side we're having to choose between. But anyhow, let's let the wise man explain it. He can do it better than I can. Uh, wisdom's call, here's what she'll tell you when you get there. If you choose to go to her house, it's in verses 10 through 12. She says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me your days will be many, and your years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you're a mocker, you alone will suffer. So wisdom calls from her house. And she says, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is how you make a decision if you're wise, if you follow wisdom's advice. You, you start by fearing God. You recognize Him. You listen to what He has to say about things. And all through the Bible, there's examples of that. Nadab and Abihu went to work one day at the temple all they had to do was take fire from where they were supposed to do and put it in the other altar. And for some reason, they decided, we don't have to do that. But, and they didn't fear the Lord. That's not where they started. If they'd have started, we're saying, okay, how do we do it? Well, the Lord said to do this. Well, it would have been wise to fear God to start the day. They didn't. So they got some other fire, and they died because of it. Uh, often the choice between wisdom and folly, uh, not often, but sometimes it ends in death, sometimes in high school. I don't know if you've lost any of your friends during your uh, first 17, 18 years. I lost a couple in my first 17 or 18 years. Uh, they made really bad choices. They chose folly. They paid for it. Uh, th that's what wisdom says. God created the universe. He's the judge of the universe. He, nothing's hidden from his sight. So you start by fearing him, respecting him, honoring him, looking to what he has to say, and you'll make the right decisions. Okay? That's the beginning of wisdom. Now, the world... We get off track here a little bit. But the world spends a lot of its time trying to convince us that that's not the way to do it. Sometimes they do it very outright. Sometimes they do it very uh, subtly. A few years ago, and I'd 
remembered this illustration. I don't have a more modern one, but I'm sure I could find one. But I, I love this one so much that I'm going to use it, even though you probably don't remember the movie. Anybody remember the movie Cider House Rules? None of you kids remember that. Anybody older than them? Cider House Rules? Good. Okay. Um, some people thought it was a wonderful movie and all that. If they did, they weren't paying attention. I mean, it was a pretty good movie, but it had a message in it, a, a very worldly message in it. Uh, it was about an orphanage up in Maine, and a guy named Dr. Larch uh, was a physician, and he took care of the orphanage. And he put the boys to bed every night, and uh, he said in this magnificent Michael Keane voice, uh, since it was Michael Caine, he said, <laughs> he said, Good night, you princes of Maine, you kings of New England. Yeah? So that part of it was kind of cool. He took good care of the boys and made them think they were something special and all of that. Uh, but he was also in the abortion business. Uh, and he was pretty evangelistic about it. He, he, I mean, the message was he saw all these orphans, so if some young lady was pregnant, and uh, he would help her get an abortion. And he believed he was helping people. Uh, he had an assistant named Homer, and Homer was disturbed by that. Uh, he had to carry the babies out to the incinerator after Dr. Larch had aborted them. And so that, it kind of bothered Homer. And he met some, I know this is taking a little while, but since you said you didn't remember the movie, i got to tell you, uh, he, <laughs> uh, some f farm workers came through, and Homer got to know one of those farm workers named Rose, and he found out that she was pregnant, uh, by incest, by the way. And so he had been trained to help, but he didn't know if he ought to. He had this ethical dilemma. And the workers, while they were there, they were staying in this old house by the cider mill. So it was the cider house. And the workers were in there, and this is the, the scene that gets the message across. Uh, there's a list of rules on the wall for people that work at the cider mill and live in the cider house and all that. And Homer read them aloud to the workers because they couldn't read. So Homer read them to them. And he told them what the rules were in the house. And Rose's father, who was the one that was the incest problem, he yelled out, somebody who don't live here made those rules. The rules should be made by the ones who live in the cider house. The ones who grind up the apples and make the cider and clean up all the mess, these rules ain't for us. We the ones supposed to make our own rules. And so he ripped the rules off the wall and threw them in the furnace. Yeah. That's what folly says. It's exactly what folly says. Wisdom says you start with the one who makes the rules. Folly says he don't get to make the rules. We live here, we make the rules. Okay. Well, that was the message of the movie. That people that had made the rules about abortion and all that uh, hadn't been there. 
They don't know what the deal is. And Dr. Larch, who understood and was compassionate and knew everything about it, he got to make the rules. Uh, To fear God is to understand that the rules do apply. And he made them for our good. Uh, They're not to punish us. They're not to make life harder. They're to make life better. They give us the abundant life. Okay? So, so that's the first thing that wisdom says is you, you get wise by starting by fearing God. And then she's got one other piece to her invitation. She says you need to avoid deception. And the woman folly is undisciplined and without knowledge. Okay? She invites the same thing, but wisdom says don't be fooled. Uh, don't be fooled by that other call. Because she doesn't know. And here's the picture. Wisdom's up there in this rock-solid house. Seven pillars hewn out of rock. Okay? And Polly doesn't live in that kind of house. And Polly's message is, stolen water is sweet. Verse 17. Food eaten in secret is delicious. Okay? Polly's message is, you can get by any way you want. You can steal your food. You can steal your water. Uh, she doesn't even have a meal set. Wisdom's got the table all set for you. So all Folly says is there's there's food to steal. We'll get by. Uh, evil's kind of fun. Food eaten in secret is delicious. So, And the wise man says it's a trap. He said, be careful. Don't, don't listen to folly. That's verse 18. That's the end of the chapter. Verse 18 says, little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of the grave. Remember what the wisdom said? The one, uh, where is it? I'll find it. What verse is that? Yeah, there it is, verse 11, right in the middle. Fear the Lord, verse 10. Fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. You choose wisdom, you get more days, you get more years to your life. The ones who chose folly, they're dead in their grave. I know that's a generalization, but you look at life and... It's got a lot of truth to it. People that choose folly don't last as long sometimes. Just a couple of weeks ago, the news was the assumed the guys were drag racing over on Mays Road uh, at that time of day and everything else. That was really folly. That was foolish. There are places you can drag race. There are times you... Need to drag race. See, I told you I remembered 49 years ago. But, <laughs> but on May's Road at that time of day with traffic all that's a foolish decision. Okay, the guy's dead now. I hope none of you knew him. I don't want to offend anybody, but that was a foolish decision. Okay? And that's what the wise man's trying to tell us here. Okay? 
Now, that's why we're talking about warnings. Paul said in Colossians 2.8, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Exactly what the wise man says here. Your two choices are wisdom and folly. Wisdom starts with understanding the fear of God. He makes the rules. We follow them. We do a whole lot better. Folly says, don't worry about it. You make the rules up yourself. The, the philosophy of this world gets you in trouble. Uh, so, that's basically the message. Every choice you make, uh, not every choice, some are just inconsequential. I mean, some don't matter. You can decide to bank at this bank or bank at that bank. But it, in when I'm talking moral, ethical kind of life decisions, this is what it comes down to. Wise or foolish, wisdom or folly. This month, you're going to have some decisions to make. You've got all kinds of senior parties and senior this and senior that, and you're going to have wisdom and folly to choose from. That's the way life is. So choose wisdom, things go a whole lot better. Choose folly, things go really bad sometimes. Uh, the guy that wrote this, Solomon, kind of interesting. Uh, God gave him a choice like I don't think he gave anybody else. He said, what do you want? You seniors, your parents say that to you for graduation? What do you want? Just, just name it, anything. What do you want? I'm not getting any amens on that. Probably didn't happen in your house. Okay. Uh, I mean, what would you think if you got that choice? That's an amazing offer. Dude, what do you want? Anything you want, I'll give you. Well, I can think of a lot of good things. But he asked Solomon that, and Solomon said, I want wisdom. I want wisdom. And the fellow that wrote this it talks about wisdom and folly already, even though he wasn't the wise man yet. He understood that at a young age, that, yeah, that's what you need in this life, is wisdom. That'll get you through a lot of things. Uh, toward the end of his life, he, had, uh, he didn't always act wisely. He had tried everything there was to try. But at the end of his life, he said this, Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. After he'd tried it, the wisest man that ever lived. After he'd tried everything, he said, Yep, what I wrote in Proverbs 9, that's still true. That's the answer. Go through life choosing wisdom and folly. Choose wisdom. Things will be a whole lot better. Joshua, I think, is a, a great example of, of reinforcing this message. He came to the end of his life. Most of you know the story of Joshua. You've heard it a thousand times in Sunday school and all that. Came to the end of his life, called all the people together, going to give them the last advice to Israel. The last advice for his people. And what he said to them was, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. They went on to say, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, 
all the great characters in the Bible reinforce this so, so simple message that choices come down to wisdom or folly, fearing the Lord or not. Uh, Joshua said, you can choose, <laughs> but I'm going to choose wisdom. I'm going to fear the Lord, and my house is going to fear the Lord. Well, you get that same choice. That's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. Uh, all this month, whatever your activities are, after graduation, every day in college, you're going to get the same choices, or wherever you go, you're going to get the choices, wisdom or folly. Uh, you get to choose. You're going to get to choose millions of times. The wise man says, make that right decision every time. Life will be a whole lot better. Lesson is yours. If anyone here needs, this morning, this evening needs to respond to the Lord's invitation, today would be a good day to do that. That's a choice between wisdom and folly also. Uh, who are you going to follow? If you know what God says and you fear Him, uh, obey Him. If you need prayers from this family or any other need, let's, uh, let's stand and sing and you can come.